Welcome, everyone. Welcome, agents, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. I will say his name again as part of effortless exposition as the season kicks off. Hello, Pete. Time to make some ripples. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 601, Missing Pieces, is sponsored by Space Chambers. Climb on inside and have a cry. Pete, so glad to be back talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I, I just have to point out that this episode aired, at least for us in these United States, on May 10th, the same day that ABC and the other networks were announcing renewals and brutal cancellations as people were gutted left and right. I'm sure somewhere there's a other podcast for that legal show that got canceled after a season or two on ABC, et cetera, et cetera, and much sadness to them. But Pete, this was the first Friday before upfronts to advertisers next week or you know not next week every year but you know what i'm saying this was the first friday before that we got to relax as shield fans and boy was it nice it's such an unusual feeling not having to sweat out this time in may as shield is coming to a conclusion for a season forever and not only that we have this sixth season albeit a year later from when the fifth season finished up, but we have a seventh season still on deck. So our shield cup runneth over. Pete, because we are so committed to getting this podcast to our listeners as soon as possible, can't talk ratings yet because uh, this episode finished airing uh, 12 hours and 20 minutes ago. Uh, so we'll talk ratings for this episode next week. So let's keep things rolling. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser, white light, and then Fitz still inside his chamber we glimpsed him in last, begins to rumble, and we see our old pal Enoch, Matt, who apologizes to Agent Fitz because they're in a little bit of a conundrum. Indeed, one gets the sense that Enoch was expecting the one timeline. Now it's another timeline happening. It's an extremely difficult computation. We see that they are in their space thing. Then there's more space things and lights and what looks to be kind of some sort of energetic ninja throwing star that cuts <laughs> Enoch's ship in half. We get the spacerific uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. title card and then one year later because though the Whedons and though Jeff Loeb may have guessed wrong about uh, Avengers Endgame and whatnot they were still right on the money in terms of let's do a big time jump particularly since the show has been off the air for one year or did they we'll talk about that in level seven Zephyr one Matt now in space ace 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 uh, piloted by Davis with Piper there as well. They've they've got somebody still on their tail. No, they're 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 not clear yet. Uh, and uh, we get Daisy, who explains that on approach they will be ready. Zephyr one lands in what looks 
similar to Stark Tower. No, I'm not saying it actually is Stark Tower. Don't get me wrong. Space Stark Tower? But I just wondered if maybe it was like they were doing a nod or they're like, I don't know, just, just something like that. It certainly had the vague kind of triangular upward shape and then the sticky outy landing platform. But, but Pete, we learned that the Durellians, they're upset, okay? They are going to board Zephyr 1. Uh, we have the baddies arrive. Who do they find but Season 6 Daisy, who is unarmed? Uh, she doesn't have any authorization. And uh, it's she's told that she's foolhardy to have come. After all, how can she pay for this fuel? Uh, she says she's going to take it for free because they figured out that she's, she's Quake. And then she disassembles their guns, the rest of the bad guys run away, and she stands on this guy and then we see Simmons who explains they are looking for someone and uh he wants to know if this is a shakedown or if he's going to be eliminated but instead they're just trying to bring somebody home back at the lighthouse you know on earth Director Mac he's watching the board Pete he's pensive but he's keeping track of everything cuz he's our director. Uh, old Runco is over there clicking his pen nervously. We get to learn that Mac is not as nervous because he tells Runco, stop clicking that pen. Uh, we see that he's also surrounded by a whole bunch of agents. Pete, this season, they have more extras. They have more recurring extras. They have more recurring characters with speaking parts. It's They're just there's money everywhere now. They're tracking a bogey. Uh, the two uh, Quinjets are going to spread out. Will they get there in time? The alarm gets pinged. It's in Indiana, in Castleton, Indiana, in a park in Castleton, Indiana. It's everything we always wanted to. Pete, take us to the park. We've got some ballers, Matt, some kids playing the shooty hoops when all of a sudden outside the wall that they are adjacent to uh, a man comes through. We'll call him. I'll call him at least initially Beardo. And then as a second male starts to come through, he gets stuck halfway. Great, great effects moment here. A reminder that we are so lucky to have Mark Holpack doing these effects. Um, I believe Beardo is named Jaco or Jacko. Um, but as you mentioned, his other friend doesn't quite have the it. O part, right? There you go. <laughs> um, with that, Maze Quinjet appears. Uh, Yo-Yo is on the other one. She's in another part of the globe. He fires on them. All of a sudden, they're going down. You get your standard airplane whoop, 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 as they spin out of control. Act break. Act two begins, of course, post-crash, Matt. Everybody's okay. They're all good. However, their electronics are fried. And uh, Director McKenzie's going to be pissed. We cut quick to Max HQ debrief. What will they call these things? Fox, you know, the guy that gets named a couple of times. He says maybe reality jumps that get shut down. Uh, a couple other ideas are regularity are... storms, reality warps, so on, so forth. Hey, Fox, you're not helping. <laughs> uh, they also wonder what is Jacko? They need theories. If only they had their brains. Where are their two best brains? Not here. Keller 
has a crazy idea. Maybe this is all linked to ley lines, you know, the energy lines that crisscross through the earth that 10, 15 years ago people thought was a key part to how the island jumped around on Lost. Maybe not so much, but maybe it'll work this time. Uh, Fox has that idea too. You know, Keller and Fox have been working on it. They decide they're going to look into that. And with that, it's time for Max morning check-in. You know, Pete, because the boss has a boss. Yes, that with the uh, flashback of Coulson. Uh, no, when you walk through it, it is revealed to be a hologram of Coulson. It gets sadder, Pete. Tomorrow is the anniversary. Can't believe that it's been a year. Man, Colson, they had their time together. Colson now definitely 100% gone, regardless of what awesome episode end gut punch they might have or promotional materials that may have already shown you the gut punch. Um, but more importantly, or at least more immediately, May is doing great with recruitment. They have muscle, but they need more brains. Brains. Speaking of brains, Matt, back in space, our alien is revealed to be upside down. And Simmons explains that with the science of the Dorelian anatomy, his porous bones, his gelatinous other parts, uh, that she's going to get every ounce of information she needs to out of him. Either that or his organs will compress. They are, of course, trying to find their friend. Uh, where's the ship and its pieces? The Drillian guy says that, no, no, he didn't sell traceable fuel, anything like that. In fact, he bought the broken half of the ship. Our heroes go see it. We have Simmons, Quake, Piper, and Davis. They enter the ship. <gasps> but Pete, we cut to May and Yo-Yo. Take us there. Take us back to Earth. Yes, uh, Yo-Yo training, and May is trying to help her with her poker face. Pete, showing that even the most earnest show with empowered actresses and a co-showrunner who is a female is showing that you're not always uh, uh, able to escape the Bechdel test or at least a thumbs down for it. May and Yo-Yo then talk about a boy because Keller likes Yo-Yo and she likes him back. Uh, this is how women talk apparently always about men. I'm being a little sarcastic, Pete, but right out the gate we're getting... Girls talking about how they like boys instead of, you know, how awesome they are individually, etc. Yeah, this one year later has been unkind to Yo-Yo and Mac. He has buried himself in his job and Yo-Yo has detected these uh, feelings, these overtures by Agent Keller um, May saying that it's obvious he is attracted to you and that she shouldn't have to protect Mac's feelings. I will say, I will quantify my finger wag as being a gentle one. I get that this is a season premiere. I get that in many ways this is kind of the pilot episode for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six. And we need to establish relationships and connections and character names and situations. And I get that stuff has gone on in our absence in the last year. Uh, but regardless, Pete, let's go back to space where there are decidedly less people talking about relationships. They find the pod, you know, that cryopod, but it's empty. And then, Pete, there is a great line to end the act. It's not a dead body, 
but a dead end act break. Back to Keller here, speaking to Agent Rodriguez, Matt, that uh, May is on to them. Uh, indeed, uh, the decision is made, I dare say mutually, though it is Yo-Yo who brings it up first, that she wants to take some time for herself, not for Mac. Uh, she does say, however, Mac would be fine with this. He'd want her to be happy, etc. Uh, Keller says he is a bit afraid of Mac, though, Mac being such a giant guy. A, a moment of levity there that was much appreciated. Cut to Mac having a beer. This is how he keeps in touch with the people they fight for, along with coming to church on Sunday. I love, Pete, that the the faith that Henry Simmons, the actor who plays Mac, uh, the faith that he has and he's kind of upfront with on social media and whatnot, I like that they've carried that over to Mac. It's certainly not the first time in this episode. It's not the first time in the show. Uh, but it just adds kind of more authenticity that, you know, Shotgun Axe Guy also goes to church on Sunday. It's a great marrying of the actor and the character and whatnot. Uh, but May is there to interrupt Mac, just having a beer, trying to read the paper. Uh, he was looking for that department head. Uh, well, she's brought one. He's down at the other end of the bar. Who is it, Pete? This is Dr. Uh, Marcus Benson. He was the director of science at Colber University. Indeed. And uh, he's got an IQ of 160. However, he's not interested in chasing boogeymen. Uh, he's actually here to chase down why his classes are being cut. Is he being pushed out? Or is, you know, May causing monkey business in the background to kind of pressure him towards S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, he's been drinking more. That's to honor the love of his life. Uh, they didn't say whether it was boyfriend, husband, whatever, but uh, his Benson's love of his life no longer with us. Uh, they reiterate that why they... he's not with us. Certainly something to discuss in a little bit. It's hammered home that they need Benson's brain or innocent people will die. Their people are in deep space. Wait a minute, says Benson. Did you say deep space? Cut to space, Pete. In deep space, Matt Simmons gets into that pod, that chamber where we had last seen Fitz as Daisy and Piper and Davis talk about the cost of everything they've been through to find loved ones. Yes, Piper also says that the launch mechanism was fired maybe uh, however, there is discussion. Is it time for them all to go home? Uh, Quake thanks Piper and Davis for staying with them. And uh, with that, we cut to Jacko just hanging out, you know, eating an apple in the woods. Pete, eating an apple on film or TV, that's code for being a jerk. And with that, whoop, whoop, two more bad guys arrive. R.I.P. Tinker didn't make it. That's the one what caught in the wall and such. However, is Sarge coming? Yes, in a museum. Pete, can't wait to see that museum in a little bit. They're going to blow it to heck. Act four begins in space. Simmons crying in the chamber there. But she sees a thing, Matt, an engraved piece only visible from the inside. Helps to get new perspectives. She Goes back to the rest of the group explaining what she's found. Oh, of course, yes. Let's set aside the fact that she's learned to speak alien in the year that they've been in deep space. 
but it must be where the chamber was made. It's a planet. It's in deep, deep space. Yes, she's reading that Eonian script and saying that they must head to Narrow Atsia. Uh, and she's totally right, guys. You need to believe her, right? Unfortunately, nobody believes her. Uh, they all start to yell then all of a sudden red alert red alert what's outside quick power down zephyr one you know old submarine silent running style is it a scout is it a destroyer it's we cut to dr benson with tinker caught in the wall he's part concrete part cybernetic part flesh all of a sudden he's alive then we get pachu kutek pachu chutek and he dies dropping what looks to be a repurposed iPhone with coordinates on it, but actually is a weirdo alien device with countdown and coordinates on it. Yes. Uh, he doesn't have a heartbeat because he doesn't have a heart. It didn't come through. Apparently there's some sort of lens on his neck. And in addition to the Pachukutek, uh, also telling us here that we can't stop it. It's coming wave. Goodbye. With that, we cut quickly to Jocko entering Pawnee City Hall from Parks and Recreation or a repurposed Southern California uh, location that uh, something tells me they're not going to spend a lot of time in. Side note, if he did go in there, would Andy be shining shoes? Does Andy look like Star-Lord? Is it really all hashtag, <laughs> hashtag it's all connected? I don't know. Pete, what else is going on at Pawnee City Hall? I mean the museum. The Museum of Natural History in Munchie, Indiana, math. There is a child with a balloon that is told by Jacko to get out of here. You know, uh, at least if he eats apples, he's not anti-child. Um, and then the other one tells him it's time to make some ripples before we go back to space. By the way, Pete, that officially Pasadena City Hall, at least in our world, and yes, uh, in Zephyr 1, things are tense. Will they get no, uh, noticed? They haven't done anything yet. That means everything is okay. All of a sudden, no. Things are being fired. Quick power up, get a move on, push buttons, make screens light up. And uh, now it's time for an act break. The beginning of Act 5, Matt, reminds us that Mark Kolpak and this wizardry that he does on our TV screens that we would more likely see in a movie theater has been missed over the last year. It is just incredible what is done for this show in terms of the, the visual effects. I, I do seriously contend that there's more money per episode this season um, not that the effects were bad or whatever. Last season was so very much like, oh no, we are in a ship that's not moving in space. And then we will end up in the lighthouse where we will be inside oftentimes. And, and with not a lot of people. And there's just a bigger breath to the entire episode here. And we see that in these effects uh, as Zephyr 1's taking fire and we're cutting back and forth with, you know, can they get ready to jump? Piper, get on it. And... Pete, even the putting the yellow tube into the warp drive thing, that was just a fun little bit of of set building. I know that's on a, a Mark Colpack joint, but again, there's this. I feel like there's an added effervescence in this episode that maybe was not there for much of last season. 
and when there had been the debate earlier about whether to go into the juicy center of the Milky Way or not, you know, because Davis hasn't seen his kids in months, uh, Simmons makes the decision here and apologizes as they jump away. Back to uh, the Natural History Museum, not Pawnee City Hall from Parks and Rec. Uh, shield the car and shield the SUV arrive. <laughs> and again, this is also something more for the story because shield was so underground and whatnot. It's great to see this kind of bigger presence for shield here. How does it square up with the larger MCU and the fact that shield was underground and the, the I kind of don't care. It's a great moment of our guys are the good guys and gals and they're there to try and help save the day. Uh, the female, um, uh, alien says that she's going to do kind of a crying act and she does oh it's so terrible uh, my son and they're saying yes come with us this is a hostage situation things are getting worse oh, Pete they don't see it coming and that's when she says don't worry you'll be a butterfly we get a big blue light that beams up from the center of the natural history museum comms are knocked out suddenly Matt there's dust everywhere, uh, and that female alien who I'm going to call Snowflake, uh, since they've mentioned that a couple times here, Yo-Yo also on the ground. Uh, they're playing with the, the sound because of the, the blast and then the explosion, okay? Uh, May has blood coming out of her nose, Yo-Yo out of her ear, and then out of the colored smoke, drives this massive big rig that squeals to a stop door opens we get clark gregg's great direction of the camera of the boots it's hazy and then wait is that television's clark gregg on my television he that's clark gregg from captain marvel now back as evil colson or something shield never heard of it act and as our hearts break and Pete, I think in this moment you see the tension of the episode, which is this, they wanted to keep this a secret. Then people were freaking out that Clark Gregg was no longer a part of the show in any way. And I think that's when they said, Oh, we have to go back and kind of spoil it because this was not as awesome a moment as it would have been if I didn't know it was coming. But Again, I think with that year off, it's like, are you going to turn people off by saying, Clark Gregg no longer works around here, and this is in no way a, a last gasp. Uh, but suspending all of that, an awesome moment. Yeah, particularly enjoyed the upside down shield logo taking us into the tag scene. That's a visual metaphor, Pete. It is. We've got an individual in shadow. Not Silo What's that? Not fits. It's a mystery person. It's in no way fits. Go on. Uh, I was going to say that the silhouette looks about right, Matt. Uh, I have the uh, the lawnmower pulling situation happen here. Try to try to get something working. There's banging. There's alien language. And then the subtitles tell the controller to to cool down the not a Scottish accent. Still not fits. Silhouetted figure injects himself. And then turns around, and it is Fitz. <gasps> the eyes go funny. Let's do this. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Let's begin, Matt, 
with the Derillians. Can't say that I loved the Derillian makeup, but their time on screen is also not a super long one. Maybe they're related to Neelix on uh, Star Trek Voyager. I don't know. Maybe this is the, the great conjunction of the Star Trek universe and Marvel Cinematic Universe, TV, Division, whatever it might be. But, uh, Pete, they are dastardly, and they serve their purpose on screen, and they have weak bones. Definitely looking forward to learning more about them throughout the season. But then we have Jacko and Pals. Yes, Tinker, R.I.P., Snowflake, The Lady, Other Guy. Uh, they unquestionably will be getting more screen time in the episodes to come since they are the lieutenants, uh, no military pun intended, but they're the, the subordinates to Sarge. And uh, I don't know, they're certainly interesting bad guys with mysterious backgrounds, and I want to learn more about them, maybe like unlike the Drillians. So mission accomplished there with... Uh, Jacko, Snowflake, and Third Guy. Faceless in this episode, but with a presence nonetheless, we have the Confederacy, a holdover from Season 5. We do, and it'll be interesting to see how much of last season carries over to this one. Uh, I feel like S.H.I.E.L.D., above all other uh, MCU TV has always been prepared to leave the past in the past and chart a new direction. Yes, we've had returning characters that sometimes circle back in a new way. I think of, uh, of Talbot last season, but you know, super Talbot last season could have been just about anybody. It just happened to be the return of Talbot uh, and Adrian Pazdar, etc. So point being, do I expect we're going to spend much time with the Confederacy in space, 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 no, I mean, I time will tell, but I would set a story clock of a couple of episodes before everybody's back on less expensive Earth and uh, doing missions there. And lastly, Matt, we have the character that it is in no way Clark Gregg's Agent Coulson. Again, as I mentioned before, I think there's this tension between it could have been an amazing jaw-dropping end to the episode if they hadn't spoiled it, but I think that they were probably getting feedback from social media and, and to, uh, to a great enough volume to say, if we hold this secret for one year, the audience might not follow us or enough of the audience might not stick around because they will think that this is going to be like many a fabled final season, it's obviously I'm speaking from the perspective of before they were renewed for season seven, but that final season where, oh, we're going to do a reboot and fire important people from the cast and set it in another place and try and get bl blood from a stone here. Um, so again, to have Sarge, apparently, uh, to have not Coulson in the episode provides a continuity, even if it's not contiguous with the character welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize matt where were fitz and enoch who was firing on them will we ever see enoch again i think enoch oh see that's tough i would say he's toast but i feel like if you brought him back for this episode then you easily could bring him back in an episode or two I really do genuinely believe that agents in space, 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 and the 
I don't want to say side story, but perhaps slightly less important story of Quake and Simmons and Davis and Piper and Fitz out there in space. I really, really think that if they're still out there in the beginning of episode 604, they're back on Earth by the end of 604. I don't think this is going to be much time spent where the agents are fractured at the beginning of a season where Fitz and Simmons are kept apart. I know I could be describing many a season here. I like that they kind of have a trope that they that they reinvent uh, at times. Um, so time will tell on that. Where is Deke? Where is Deke? It was only at the end of the episode where I was like, wait a minute, where is Deke? It took me much of the season to warm up to him. I, maybe even as far as the Fitzsimmons wedding, that was when it was like, oh, he he does feel like part of the team to me as opposed to a season-long recurring character. Um, and for him not to be here, that Pete, that made me sad. I guess the good news is, since I've seen the season six poster, I know he's coming. Uh, darned if I can't figure out how he's going to appear, though. I'm going to tell you, Matt, there's been a revival post-snap in Zima production, and uh, he's heading that up at the home office. Jeff Ward provided such effervescence last season. Pete, almost like the carbonation in a sickly sweet Zima. And unlike Zima, he's sticking around. I can't wait for him to show up. This guy that got stuck in the wall, Tinker, where are they coming from? What is the mission? Did did the tractor trailer come from some other side, Matt? What What's going on there? Well, I think the tractor trailer, that's perhaps the most interesting starting point in that um, congrats, Earthers. We have come up with the best tractor trailer design because that's what they use in the universe of space traveling people as well. Uh, I love all the mysteries with these people. You know, I've seen just enough of like the season six trailer. I think I watched it once where it's like, I'm a, you know, New Colson, Sarge, whatever you want to call him, you know, I'm a totally New Coulson bad guy. Sounds like New Coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but Sarge, you know, I'm this totally terrible, awful bad guy. Um, I, I tend to think that maybe they are on the run and coming to the backwater of Earth as opposed to the vanguard of an invasion fleet on Earth, just because I don't know. I certainly don't want to suggest that S.H.I.E.L.D. has a less, a lesser scope in these later seasons, but I just feel like I would be le- I'm less down with we're here to take over Earth as a storyline versus, hey, we showed up because it's out of the way. Even though I know, meanwhile, in the films, you know, Earth is at the crossroads in terms of all these Infinity Stones and whatnot. Okay, fine. That's you, you, you can have your cake and eat it one year or five years later too, depending on whether you're a Marvel TV or Marvel film. Or both or all. Um, With the focus on ley lines and the idea that they're crossing over and a character who's totally not um, Phil Coulson, who looks exactly like Phil Coulson, uh, are they coming from an alternate Earth? Maybe. I... uh... I want to reject that, Pete, because I have the theory that Spider-Man Far From Home also will reject alternate realities because I have a certain spin on the Mysterio character there, and that's probably an increasingly 
rickety thing to make an argument in terms of there shall be no alternate realities even in you know an agents of shield that in season five showed an alternate reality of sorts in that you know fitz dying but there's the other fitz out there who's now not going to get revived in the future and all of that so you could be on to something i just i want more evidence thus far this yo-yo keller romance what with Mac as director and the one year time frame are, are Yo-Yo and Mac forever done. Matt, is she cast aside her turtle man? I think that it's probably responsible storytelling to not have the boss dating somebody on staff. I think that also, if you're going to give Mac more of these lines of, you know, bring that up on the main screen, what are you doing? Dig deep down. Win one for the Gipper. If he's going to have you know, the role as director, does he also need to get storyline stuff that is his romance? Uh, I'm certainly not saying that like the actor can't handle it or anything like that, but I think a reapportionment of story, story beans, if you will, and say he's going to get the leadership stuff and you know, Yo-Yo will have the, the superpower moments, but let's explore something other than the love that they have for each other, whether that is in the early stages of your classic, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, love triangle, uh, with Keller, or if it's just, guess what? She's moved on because Mac has moved on. I almost would prefer that. I almost would respect that more as opposed to the, but he still likes you. And now there's, you know, all that kind of love triangle stuff that we've been there before. I kind of would just respect the moving on more made a point earlier about um, rebuilding S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy and uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. now able to operate outside of the shadows once again um, with the snap, Matt, and fewer people around bringing Dr. Benson in here who's experienced a loss, also something as a result of the snap. Maybe I'm still ha- I'm still getting my head wrapped around the notion that this is certainly after Avengers Endgame, but also after what they kind of sort of vaguely guessed would be the end of. Uh, uh, pardon me. This is this is after Infinity War and also after Endgame, but they didn't know how Endgame ended, other than uh, nobody's surprised that you know. <laughs> that uh, Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch are going to be back in more movies in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I don't know. Where do you land, Pete? We are one year later. So chronologically. And we're four years from the end of Avengers Endgame is is where we are. So it's, it's but we're also, but we've also been 19. We've also been told that we are after Endgame at least in terms of the story intent, even if the timeline doesn't match up. So again, I feel like to go back I to Rick I don't know how that works. I, I need, I need someone to explain that to me, Matt, perhaps a, a scientist on a whiteboard. Well, listen, Jeff Loeb has said, Jed Whedon has said, they both said that they don't understand how it works either. That's part of the reason why I respect them for being upfront to say, we had no idea how this movie would end other than people come back. And we kind of just wanted to get out of the way of the movie. Hence the time jump here. Oops, we get we found out in the last week we guessed wrong. Um, 
so that's why I feel I feel unsure. Do we base, for example, your theory about uh, Dr. Benson's significant other being gone in the snap? Well, all the snap people are gone, except not one year later. But the show is trying to largely ignore that as a whole. So I don't know. I do know this. How about we can agree on this, Pete? Not that not that we're disagreeing, but can we can we find common timeline ground on this? After the tragedy of the snap and other related things, whether it's people returning, whatever, but after all of this upheaval, the good people of S.H.I.E.L.D. have been able to come out of the shadows and the public at large is willing to accept them as protectors in a recent time where protectors were needed so greatly. It's going to be interesting to watch this season of television, provided there are not future jumps ahead um, and obviously the, the space stuff hinges just as much on the earthbound stuff because it happened everywhere for references for things that can be seen as related to what Thanos did. Um, but within that, what's happening with these incursions, these people who have come led apparently by um, Clark Gregg's Sarge, um, that they can't stop. What is it they cannot stop? A man driving through colored smoke in an 18-wheeler? <laughs> I, I hesitate venturing a guess because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a way of, you know, setting up this mystery that you kind of, not exactly, I don't want to say can't see Cummings. That makes it sound like it's impossible, but... Whatever it is, it's it's largely not connected to where we've been. Um, I, I find myself, too, trying to... I, I need to keep reminding myself that there are only 13 episodes this season just because S.H.I.E.L.D. at its best with some of the story pods and whatnot, it's been these shorter, sometimes shorter arcs. You have last season where you know, it was maybe less so, but the timing of the season... Even after one episode, I feel like I need to remind myself of how this season will be timed out, that there's only 12 episodes to go. So, again, things like, are we going to have Deke come back in episode 8? Well, then he'd only be here for like 5 episodes. No, Deke has to come back sooner. Fitz and Simmons reunited, you know, is that going to be episode 6 out of 22? No, it's probably going to be 3 out of 13, things like that. What about Fitz here, Matt? His eyes, what kind of substance is that has he been modified when simmons finally finds him is he going to be the fits that she once had i think there's a couple of factors at play one is we don't know exactly how long he has been out of the pod is it one month is it one year um so i i guess that would speak to how long he's adopted this uh, alien understanding, alien culture, etc. Also, he does seem pretty well inculcated into that culture, you know, speaking the language and things like, you know, hang on, wait a minute. All right, let's let's do this now. Things of that sort. Uh, lastly, I find myself wondering, did his eyes change after the injection or were they like that? And that was the dramatic reveal that, oh man, they fundamentally changed his DNA and now he's part gill breather or methane <laughs> breather or whatever it might be 
your guess is as good as mine, Matt, but uh, damn if I am not interested. Let's check the wire. Pete, carrying over a little something that we did for our Star Trek Discovery podcast, we ran a Twitter poll last night. What did you think of this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? The four choices, four stars, We Are AOS, three stars, Holo Coulson, two stars, Sarge Stinks, one star, Fuel Tank Empty. Pete, 9% gave it one star, 3% two stars, 19% three stars, and a very healthy 69%, We Are Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Listen, there's a built-in audience for this show. We've defied the Friday night death slot. Remember when ABC killed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Matt, by putting it on a Friday night? Yeah, which, again, you know, I know I said this on Twitter, may have said it on our Season 6 preview, but assuming that Season 7 airs on a Friday, okay, which would be logical, perhaps the most logical choice, there's going to be 48 episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. that aired on a Friday. That is a far cry from, yeah. oh, man, we did uh, 16 of these episodes on Friday. Now they stink, and we're going to do a burn-off, or we're going to send everything else to this, you know, a summer burn-off when it started in the fall or whatever it might be. The state of S.H.I.E.L.D. is healthy. Uh, we'll, we'll see those ratings. You know, we'll discuss those ratings next week, but... You can't ask for much more than what we got. This is the, what, 111th episode of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that what we had discussed? Yep, yep. Um, and then to add another 25 after this, right? In the next 13 and 13, 26, 25 to go. So, I mean, we're talking, if it ends at season seven, uh, you know, just an incredible run and a massive portion of it uh, will have ended up running uh, on Friday nights, but... Pete, let's hear some feedback from some listeners here. First, JT Atkins. As you predicted, they hit the ground running. How I've missed this show. This is the first time I've watched episodic evening TV in a very long time. See, I mean, that shows the power of the show, bringing people back to their television sets and broadcast TV, Matt. Uh, we also have a message from James. It's at Big Killin. Nice, fresh start with no wasted time. Can't wait for the recap and theories. Well, Pete, here we are with our recap and theories and James' words. So uh, maybe we are in an alternate looping timeline. I just don't know anymore. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, Pete, we certainly welcome Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback all season long, whether it's on uh, Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, etc. We'll give all that contact info in a little bit. Or iTunes. Pete, I think you have a little something from there. Yes, we have two new reviews, Matt, to our uh, pop culture podcast feed on iTunes, but both reference this work. Uh, first is from Dr. Steve T. The headline is Great Podcast, All Things Geek, five stars, and it reads, Pete and Matt are intelligent hosts on this great podcast, which spans Marvel, Star Trek, and many under other wonderful geeky things. Highly recommend. And then Rose Mirtha writes in headlined 16 going on 17 podcasts. That number might get updated any, any day now, Matt. And her review reads, while I do not listen to all 16 of their podcasts, I listened to quite a few. I started with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
and Agent Carter. So much great insight and information for all, especially if you haven't been a comic book reader. I look forward to future podcasts and appreciate all the hard work that goes into all these podcasts. Well, thank you to both the good doctor and to Rose for the, uh, the kind words there. And uh, we certainly love talking about this stuff. And I think what's great, at least what's great right now about the different things we podcast is usually they're on at, at, at different times or, you know, if there is an overlap, it's not a huge overlap. So we kind of do get to move from the flavor of, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And right now we're also doing Cloak and Dagger, although that's in the home stretch. Then it'll be S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. Then Jessica Jones will come along. And then, you know, we'll probably still be talking Jessica Jones by the time S.H.I.E.L.D. wraps up. And then the fall will hit and we'll be jumping into uh, whatever adventures that might bring. You know, still unsure when the Picard series is going to air, uh, just as one example. So it's, it's fun talking this stuff. You don't need to listen every little bit but if you do subscribe to the pop culture podcast you'll get everything that we do and uh, you can kind of click from there don't leave out matt that most recently approved by itunes podcast the mandalorian podcast by fantastic geek now up and running uh the disney plus show the the, the mothership for the uh ship that's not yet launched uh very very true and uh who knows what else we'll be talking this fall? Well, I know, and you know, Pete, but uh, the iTunes, they're working on They're working on it. We're working on it. Nothing to announce quite yet, but uh, I have to keep, an, uh, keep a watchful eye on, uh, on our feeds. Of course, all of this made possible by the good contributors to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Indeed, Pete, they make sure that we have plenty of space fuel in our Zephyr One as we move from the MCU to the Star Wars universe to the Star Trek universe and back again. So big thanks to everybody who has gone to patreon.com slash fantastic geek to help keep us listeners supported. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to pick from there. But Pete, the best treat, always a freebie. How can people talk to you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,449 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, we will be back talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next Saturday. But before that, we'll be talking Cloak and Dagger, perhaps even as soon as tomorrow, keeping things all in the MCU, at least for right now. With that, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. That was a lot of talking. Are you okay? Okay. <laughs>